It's Wednesday, 12.07, and I'm Pumi Mashiro, and you're on Womanla. Today, being a Wednesday and being the third Wednesday, we're talking money, 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 as you're thinking, contemplating that paycheck coming up to you, because today's the 22nd. I've got our money guru, Michelle, in the house. Hello, Michelle. Hello, everybody. And we're talking, you know... This is it's breast cancer month. It is uh, pink ribbons flying high. So we're talking about the real cost of dread disease. I think we all understand what it means. We kind of understand the cancer story, or we think we understand the cancer story. So today in the studio, before we talk about the money issue, I've got a doll who's joining us, who's going to share with us how her mother's cancer actually changed her budget. Hi. <laughs> but you, dear listener, can join in this conversation, share your experience with us, ask us questions. Let's hear what your experience was and what questions you have out there. We're going to be talking about what, what costs come up. We're going to be talking about what you can do about the costs. We're going to be talking about the, all the changes and some of the things that we never think about because it's not a nice thing to think about great disease. You can call us directly into the studio on 0861-555-189. You can catch us on Twitter on cliffcentral.com at cliffcentral.com or at pumimashiko1. And Michelle's got a Twitter now. Yes, it's um, <laughs> Mitch at A True Guide. And of course, we're on Facebook, pumimashiko, cliffcentral.com or True Guide or Michelle Dave. You can get Adele. Are you on Facebook? Yes, I am. We're running a big campaign here. We're trying to get more and more people on our Facebook. So like Michelle's page, True Guide, and all the information that we're going to discuss today, we're going to put it up there. We're going to put the link so you can download it if you didn't hear the whole conversation. But so Adele, first things first, your yes. experience with your mother. Tell us what, what was that like when you got the news saying your mom's got cancer? Um, okay, well, she was diagnosed earlier this year. Um, and um, I think it was a huge shock. We didn't quite know um, how to deal with it. Um, it was a bit of a strange one because we thought my mom hadn't been told. Um, my, there's myself, my brother, and I've got an older sister as well. And um, so we had decided that we were going to tell her together because we weren't too sure how she was going to take the news because obviously we didn't take it very well. And... Um, when we went to go and visit her in the hospital, she was talking about this thing that she's got, and she apparently already knew everything. Um, and I think it just took time for everything to sink in because it was—it's surreal. You don't—you don't want to actually accept it. You don't want to believe it. You're not sure. I mean, in our case, we had no experience in cancer. You know, we knew people who knew people that had cancer, but it wasn't really something that we've had in our family. So. Um, yeah, you don't really know how to deal with it. And you just, eventually you sort of just start realizing. I mean, even now, sometimes it's, you feel like you may be living somebody else's life. And so you, you and your siblings are obviously adult children. Yes. And looking after your mom financially as well. Yes. Well, um, my brother and I stay with my mom. Um, and then I've got a son that also stays there. And, um, my sister, she's married. She stays out towards Harapiaspur Dam area. So um, most of the financial side actually falls on, on us at home um, because Deline's obviously got her own family. Um, we sold our house, not because my mom had cancer, um, but um, things almost happen for a reason. Um, we got a very good offer on the house that we had in Linden. We sold the house, and um, we'd planned to maybe move in two years' time to move down to Cape Town. And um, so we were renting, and then, of course, we got the news. So we were lucky in that we had the money um, to give my mom the best care and the best treatment that we could um, because the thought of sending her to Helen Joseph or something was a very, very scary thought. So, But it turned out to be a very costly exercise. <laughs> it is, and, and these are the things that, and you know, you, you have a medical aid, you have policies, you have things in place, but you don't really realize how costly it is. Speaking of a costly exercise, what did that mean for you? Okay, well, in the case of my mom, she didn't have medical aid, so that was a, a huge problem. Um, so she's a cash patient, so Everything, I mean, even the hospital, when we first, before we found out that she had cancer and we admitted her to hospital because she was so sick, 
Um, they won't take you unless you pay. You have to pay for three days. So you're looking at that you must just come up with 7,000 rand. I mean, nobody really has 7,000 rand in their back pockets, you know. And, um, it, you know, before they would even admit her. Um, even now she goes, every now and then she has to go for a, a blood transfusion. Um, she's only there for a day. But they will charge me for three days. And then they'll refund me. I haven't yet had a refund yet. It takes them about a month or two months to refund me. Um, so that's money out of your... It's money out of our pockets. And, and you know, if if you don't... I mean, I've we invested most of the money from the house. So every now and then I have to pull money out and keep it in my account because you don't know when you're going to get hit with these large lump sums, you know. And, and you have specialists and because you, you don't just go to a... a a GP, you've got specialists, you've got all of the additional stuff. Additional stuff. Um, um, the chemo itself, um, the, there's a whole lot of things that go into it. So the doctor consultations are about 550 rand. Then it's the treatments, but that's not including the medication. The treatments are like 7,000 rand for 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 they do it per cycles, so each cycle has three um, three sessions that they do, and that's like seven thousand rand. Then you still pay for your medication, which is like three yeah three four thousand rand. Um, in my mom's case, um, she needs to be on oxygen twenty twenty four hours, so it's your monthly expenses for the oxygen, which is about seven hundred and fifty rand a month. And then the little things. And who looks after mom when you're at work or? School or there's who's you know? Okay, we had to we had to employ somebody. But what I did look at um, maybe getting in a proper qualified nurse. It's way expensive. I mean, they want they want payment of like seven between anywhere between seven thousand rand a month to fifteen thousand rand a month. You know, depending on what their qualifications are or what their experience is. So what we did was um, I just brought in a. Normal domestic worker, um, Nora, she's fantastic. Um, I did explain to her that obviously it wasn't a case of just cleaning house and all the rest of it. And she really looks after my mom well. So she sees to the fact that my mom, you know, gets her meals and takes the medicine when she needs to. And I mean, at the moment, my mom's really, really strong. So there's not much for her to do. So then she cleans the house and she, you know, and does the ironing and the washing. So yeah, there's those expenses as well. And you were saying, and there's also the little things? The little things. Um, when you're going through the chemo treatments, um, it changes your whole body's functioning. So one day you'll have diarrhea. The next day you're constipated. Um, you know, there's pain involved. So now you've got to make sure that, I mean, we've never had so much medicine in our house ever before because now we've got something for everything, you know. So whatever you need, we've got it. <laughs> That is a good thing to know about you. I need that address. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and all those little things also, they add up, you know. And <laughs> Duncan wants to know if you're giving your mother marijuana, <laughs> medical marijuana. We're going to talk about that, though. <laughs> you know, it could be a possibility that might just work. <laughs> But also, are there, you know, there's so much information around cancer, around any kind of dread disease, not just cancer, HIV, there's so much information out there. So we think we know. We think we know everything there is to know. Are there things that that you learned in the past couple of months that, that were a revelation to you? Oh, yes, definitely, because... Um I mean, our whole lives changed, and it's not just the person who's suffering from it. Um, for them, it's it's a huge lifestyle change for them, especially for my mom. Um, and then for the family around her, because suddenly everybody's job within the home changes. So my mom and I used to work as a team. I mean, I've lived with my mom for many, many years, and we were sort of a people used to laugh. We were like the married couple. <laughs> I would go out and work, and my mom would do everything at home, you know. And, um, but, uh, yeah, all of that changed because when my mom got sick, then all the responsibility came on to me and I suddenly had to try and juggle everything. So, 
Um, I'm now working from home as opposed to actually having a job because then at least I'm there. So I've got Nora, um, which gives me time to work. But if my mom falls, Nora can't pick my mom up on her own. So then I'm there to help. Um, it's had a huge impact on my son. He's 17. So for Jeremy, it was a huge thing as well and very worrying. And, of course, we found out about it right over exam period. So so it was quite a bad period there, and he didn't – I mean, you can't focus, you know. And so it is. It's a, it's a complete lifestyle change for everybody. And speaking of lifestyles, I mean, the, the, the lives that we lead, there's – there's the food that we eat at home. There's the places we go out to, that kind of stuff and mobility. You were talking about your mom falling. Has, yeah. has that also had an impact on the way that you're currently budgeting? I mean, you had to change jobs and now you're working from home. Also, that has an impact on what you're earning. Yes, correct. Um, look, Michelle and I were talking about it earlier about the, 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 the foods that because, I mean, I think everything that you take into your body, I mean, these pesticides, people don't think about it. I don't think about it. Um, and um, when we first found out about my mom's cancer, um, a lady came through to chat to us and she said, the best way to eat is to eat the way that God made it. So um, an apple, you eat an apple raw. You don't, you know, you don't change the structure of it. But even there, I mean, those apples are grown and there's pesticides. And so you can't, it's nothing's foolproof, I suppose, unless you grow your own vegetables and fruits in your back garden. And today nobody has that big, <laughs> big properties anymore, you know. So, so unfortunately, yeah, but it, it is. And, um, in my mom's case, um, her red blood cell count has to be brought up so of course she had to start eating a lot of eggs and red meat and so her diet sort of changed and not not that she i mean she can eat anything she wants but there's things that she needs to that, that they've suggested that she she eats more of so you were lucky because you had a lump sum you hadn't even though it, it was unforeseen and you didn't have medical aid cover you had a lump sum to start off the process correct um is there anything that when you look back now, you could have done differently, you wish you would have done differently? No, I must be honest. Um, a lot of people have asked me why I didn't just, you know, they've said that, you know, you could have taken her to Joburg Jen and she gets the treatment there free um, to Helen Joseph. It was a conscious decision we took. Um, we've had bad experiences um, on three times with, with Helen Joseph. So there's no trust there. Um, and I just couldn't do it again. So if I have to look back, I would still let my mom be treated by the doctor she's been treated. Um, the care she's received when she's been in hospital has been fantastic. But the scary thing is, is that our money's not going to last forever. It is going to run out. Um, we thought, you know, well, okay, uh, they quoted us originally about 90,000 all in all. It's going to be 90,000. <laughs> Yeah, and it's going to be way more than that because that 90,000 is really just covering um, the treatments and the, the cancer medication. So that's your chemo. 90,000 rand. <laughs> Over what period? Um, when they gave you the quotes, they said the course of treatment would take how long? Okay, that's also a bit of a difficult one because she gets it's, – it's five cycles and each cycle is three treatments. But what happens is that there are times when she'll go, they'll do the blood tests and her, her blood count isn't right. So then they can't actually do the chemo. Um, so then she skips. So for us, we thought we would be finished about two months ago. You know, now she's missed a few. So now, you know, it's just, it just carries on. And it's the unknowns as well. That's very frustrating for everybody because you know, you don't know, is the chemo going to work? Is it not going to work? There's no guarantees. Um, the doctors warn you. Um, everybody reacts differently to the chemo. So they wouldn't even tell us what stage cancer my mom had. Um, she said it makes no difference. She said people that have had stage one cancer, um, the chemo hasn't helped them and they've, you know, they've died. Whereas people that have been in stage three cancer, they've actually, you know, the chemo's, they've gone into remission. So, you know, there's so many unknowns. So we're hoping that everything will be finished by early next year and then we'll actually know where we stand. And and what 
what planning have you done going forward? You know, when, when we were getting ready for this show, um, I saw lots of statistics around the number of people who actually survive cancer and, and five years from now still alive, but still living, yeah. living in remission. And so need to be aware of quite a lot of things. Just the lifestyle has to change forever. Um, so what plans have you got for the future? Knowing that the possibility of coming out on the other side with the cancer in remission well, is high. Yeah, no, it it is. Um, look, our family is very much we live for the day. So really? not that we don't plan. Um, there's certain things that you can, can plan for, but trust me, our family... <laughs> <laughs> you, you wake up in the morning and what the day throws at you, you deal with it. So, <laughs> so, so you just, so, but, but future plans, I mean, we had planned that hopefully at the end of next year when Jeremy finished high school that we could maybe look at moving, you know, down to the coast or, you know, really out of, outside of Joburg. And, um, so that we've put on hold. Um, I think even if my mom had to go into remission, um, I don't think we would make the move. So Jeremy would go to varsity in Cape Town if that's what he wanted to do. But I, I, I don't know. You know, everything is up here in Joburg and her doctors are here. So if she had to, you know, if she went into remission and she needed treatment again, you know, we would, we would have to take her. So she'd rather be where she's with her doctors and that sort of thing. So that sort of plan as for the financial plans, well, <laughs> let's just hope I make lots of money. <laughs> I'm sorry, Adele. We have a motor here. Okay, hope is not a strategy. <laughs> thank you for thank you for coming and sharing your story with us. It's a pleasure. I'm, I'm trying to catch like Michelle's eye, right? She's so engrossed in your story. I'm sorry. I've just been so. You actually become gobsmacked because it's not. It's something that we hear about, but if we're not experiencing it and we don't hear it firsthand, it becomes kind of oh, it's there. And that's what scares me the most is that we also also think that it's never going to happen to me. It'll never happen to me. It'll never happen to somebody that I love or care about. And that scares the shit out of me. <laughs> it does. I'm sorry. It just does scare me and we so know, much. It, but that is, the, I mean, I think hope is, is human nature and it's one of the things that we kind of, we live in that hope and we want to be positive. And, and that's probably why we kind of, don't think of it. And that's why we're having this conversation with you today. I think for me, thank you so much for sharing that story with us. And I was going to say thank you and you now you can go home. But actually, I'm going to ask you to stay because coming that's up fine. after the break, we're going to chat about some of the statistics. But we're also going to talk about the money plans that you can put in place. I want you to stay because you might find that there's something, you want, something. To, that there's something you want to ask. <laughs> and maybe we change your mind about that living for the moment. <laughs> we're going to take a short break after that we're talking about the money and how to how to keep it how to make it and how to plan for the unfortunate eventuality if that ever comes to you
pain. I ain't got no food. You take all I have. When I give it to you, search through my bags. I wrote this song for you to see. We could have been friends, yeah, you and me. Mr. Bully, take a moment, please. Every single day, you bring me from my knees. No, I'm on air. <laughs> it's 28 minutes past 12. It's Pumi Mashekho and you're listening to Wumanda. We're talking about the costs of rate disease, more specifically cancer, because it is Breast Cancer Month, in case you missed the pink ribbons. Give us a call into the studio, dear listener. Chat with us. Tell us about your experience. Ask us questions. Um, you can call us directly into the studio on 0861-555-189. Or you can Twitter, WeChat, Facebook, Instagram us at the cliffcentral.com handles or on pumimashekho01. I'm trying to get better at this Twitter thing. I'm serious. I've, I've, I've had, I've had a, 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 I've had a chat with management. I'm going to get better about the Facebook <laughs> and Twitter thing. I'm going to try and multitask as well. But we are on Twitter, pumimashekho01 and on Facebook, pumimashekho and we've got True Guide, um, True Guide Life, ne? Well, just true just guide. True guide. Just, just true guide. Just true guide. Michelle, also, when she started, she had no Facebook. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for me. We're, to- we're talking about a very serious issue, and we're talking about the cost of great disease. I was preparing for this show and read so many statistics. They were, like, coming out of my head. But astounded that breast cancer is the number one killer of women worldwide. Cancer killer for women at- Worldwide, followed by cervical cancer. And when I looked at the numbers for South Africa, even worse, when, when I look at the fact that 5,000, 5,000 people get diagnosed per day. And this is, I, I always used to think it's kind of like from 40, because they say, you know, between after 40, you must get a mammogram as long as you, and I thought, oh yeah, it's from 40, it's an old people's disease. The number of young people. <laughs> The number of young people in their 20s, in their 30s, also being diagnosed. So it's very important to do the breast exam. It's very important to do the self-diagnosis. It's important, if you can afford it, to do the mammograms. And you can find out about where to get ma- mammograms um, on the cancer website, C-A-N-S-A. They have got mobile units that actually go out and do it. But to think that as many as 4.4 million women worldwide are killed by breast cancer. And a lot of it is based on affordability, which is why we're having this chat today. We're talking about cover and a lot of, a lot of insurances, a lot of, you know, we've got most people get medical aid and they think that they are covered and shock horror when they get the diagnosis, they are not. So Michelle, I'm going to let you talk about how does one actually begin looking at, at all the cover that's out there to see if this may be. And the, the unfortunate thing about it is because you're planning for an eventuality that may never be. Correct. For me, I think the biggest thing is that people must understand that people assuming that medical aid is unaffordable, but there are so many different options. And I'm just going to use discovery as an option because they have really got a huge amount of various options for people. So you can go on a key care, which means that that is really determined by the income that you have. And you can pay as little as 550 rand for a member. On key care. Yes, it determines whether you go to certain hospitals, but all those hospitals are reputable hospitals. And it can go straight up to your executive, which is like three and a half thousand, three thousand eight hundred rand per member. So there's so many variables within that that people can look at. But you are so right when you said that sometimes you actually cannot cover everything, even with your medical aid. 
So what they've got is a lot of companies have got things like gap cover. When I looked at the fact that with private yes. private healthcare, you could you were quoted Adele ninety thousand up to seven hundred and fifty thousand yes. rands for treatment. That is a lot of dough. That's definitely yeah, a new house. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it, it's stuff like let's not even look at cancer right now, but look at something like a heart attack, which most people actually have, but they recover from fully. If you look at what your medical aid will, or what your doctors and cost will be on that, it's about ninety-six to ninety-seven thousand rand. Your medical aid may only pay about half of that, about forty-five thousand. So where the heck do you get the rest of the money to pay for that? How many people have that kind of emergency funds? And you know, I think you know you're a young Duncan here. You're in your hip and young. You in your <laughs> you know. First, second job, things like medical aid are kind of at the end, Not important. end of the line when it comes to budgeting. When I saw the statistics that only 17% of South Africans yes. have medical aid, that is also just astounding for me. I'm looking out the window here. Do you have medical aid? Do you have medical aid? Do you have medical aid? No. no. See, everyone around here was like, do you have medical aid? People don't have medical aid. And when I looked at the fact that, I mean, heart attacks are so common. Absolutely. With the stress in our lives today, they have become more and more common. So what does one do? Okay. If you don't so have medical if aid. If you don't have medical what aid. What are your options? You really are, like Adele was saying, they were very fortunate that they had a lump sum. If you don't want to take out a medical aid, at least put a little bit of money away, even if it's into a savings account at the bank. Even if it's 150, 200 rand, start saving. I mean, we had this conversation in our first show. Budget, but pay yourself first. And that is for savings and things like this. Because if it hits you, there is almost no way that you can afford it. So what do you do? Do you land up going to one of the government hospitals? Do you land up taking out a loan, which is going to cost you so much more with the interest attached to it? Think, just for two seconds, think, is it not worth my while to take out a bottom-of-the-range medical aid for 500 rand a month? Because they have an oncology portion attached to it. So even though you're paying the 500 rand, your oncology is going to pay out let's say 70% of your costs. Then you've got things like gap cover, which is offered by places like Zest Life. So what is gap cover? So gap cover will actually pick up the difference between what your medical aid will pay you and the full amount of the bill. And those are as cheap as 173 rand a month. I have one personally, and it covers you and your family, which is really for nothing. Very nice product. So, gap cover, and and the the word we hear all the time, I think we're so used to hearing the words dread disease cover. I get phone calls every other day. I know. Especially this month. Are you you covered enough? Yes. This is dread disease. In the unfortunate event that. And I always think to myself, I don't know what you're selling me. Okay. I don't know. How do I, how do I assess? All right. A, a dread disease cover because okay. most of, even when you send when I, when I get a please call me from someone it always says HIV dread disease yes. cover. Okay. How do I assess that I'm buying a policy here right. that should I get any kind of dread disease will cover me? Correct. There are two types of dread disease policies. A dread disease policy pays out on diagnosis. So it is really if your doctor sends a letter and says. Unfortunately, Michelle, you have been diagnosed with breast cancer. It is confirmed you stage two. It is a diagnosis. A claim is then put in against your dread disease policy. You have a core dread disease policy, and your core dread disease policy will cover things like cancer, stroke, um, heart attacks. Those are really your core killers in these days. But then you also get comprehensive dread disease. And comprehensive dread disease will cover any type of disease which is seen as a dread disease. So motor neuron disease, multiple sclerosis, those are all dread diseases because we don't plan on that happening. But it may happen. And and the importance of because you know those policy documents. You know they're as big oh, as a Bible, gosh, yes. and the words are so small. Yes, <laughs> and you can't, you and just 
reading that stuff. So you, you kind of go, if you're talking to a financial advisor or whoever's selling you the policy, you take it on face value. Yes. What will be covered? Is there ever a time when there are dread diseases that are not covered? Yes, there will be. So if you talk to a financial advisor, and just for instance, I'm, I'm going to use the Sundam product. They underwrite at inception. So as long as you have been accurate with all the information that you've given them and said to them, you know what, I did actually have a small biopsy because I had a little lesion on my arm and it was non-malignant, that kind of stuff. If you give them all that information and they accept you at ordinary rates and you're diagnosed five months down the line with cervical cancer, they have to pay you. And that is why we have the Ombot because the Ombot is there to fight for people. So that if you have a situation where you have been honest and they repudiate your claim, you can actually go to the ombud. Repudiate is a big word, Michelle. I'm sorry. Repudiate is where they now say to you they're not going to pay you out. Okay. Because <laughs> you lied to them, you didn't give them information. But if they have accepted you on inception of that policy and your broker, and again, that's what I've said to you from the beginning, Trust the broker and ask so many questions that you actually become a pain in his butt. So what are the questions to be asking? Because I think, you know, for, it, yeah. first of all, you don't want to think about this thing. No, you don't. You know, so you, 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 don't. You, you don't want to think about it. No. So what are the questions I should be asking or what are the things that I should be aware of, at least when I'm talking to that financial advisor? Biggest thing. What am I covered for? I want a list. Tell me. What am I going to be covered for? Am I only going to be covered for cancer, stroke, and heart attacks? Or am I going to be covered for all those other eventualities? How many dread diseases will you cover me for, for the premium that I am paying? That is your biggest question. Say, Tim, I want a list of that stuff. Because also sometimes, you know, we kind of, we've gotten so used to, what's that thing? There's that hippo that says you get eight quotes, right, <laughs> for every insurance or whatever so we're used to comparing you have to we're used to comparing but how do i make sure that i'm comparing apples with apples because sunlam may have a particular thing discovery may have a particular thing and liberty may have a particular thing how do i make sure that they they're all the same okay again if you have to ask those questions ask them what type of severity payment you'll get what does that mean? So if I'm going to pay you out because you've, you've not been diagnosed with breast cancer, do I get 25% of the amount? Do I get 50% of the amount, 75% of the amount, or 100% of the amount? That's a good one yeah. because you kind of think I'm covered a mil- for a million rand. It it's, actually always says up to a million rand. and you. That's why, it's used, that's why they use that word up to because okay. you can also have multiple claims on one policy. Okay. So that's very important. Find out how much you are covered for for that event. So the core type of dread disease is going to obviously cost you a little bit less than your more comprehensive. Mm -hmm. That's going to cost you a little bit more. It is more expensive than disability benefit, but it is worth your while if you can afford it. And how do I, how do I ensure that you you spoke about cover from inception, right? So they pay upfront. Like Adele's mom, a couple of months ago, she gets she gets her diagnosis. But some policies don't cover you on diagnosis. They cover you at a particular stage, or they Correct. cover you when you've got particular symptoms. Correct. How how do I how do I make sure that the cover that I'm getting is sufficient for? That eventuality. Whatever eventuality. Yeah. You're going to have two different types of policies. So what we're talking about today is a dread disease or a severe illness benefit. So some companies will refer to it as a dread disease and other companies as a severe illness benefit. That is on diagnosis, medical diagnosis. Whereas you're going to have a disability benefit, which may take longer because it's going to incapacitate you. It's going to impair the way that you work on a daily, on a daily basis. That's a different type of benefit. So, okay, yeah, women and that one, very important. <laughs> I don't know why we're laughing. This is a serious Sorry, but matter. it's just your... Because I'm, I'm trying to... So we... Because, you know, I've, I've had 
I'm telling you these phone calls and sometimes Hundreds. when I've got the time is I'll ask the questions, yes. right? And then afterwards I kind of feel like so, cause sometimes you say, no thanks, I'm yes. sufficiently covered. But then when you think about it afterwards, you're like, eee, am I sufficiently covered? So, this, a dread disease cover, does it cover you for the costs of, it's of a treatment? Lump, no, it's a lump sum payout. It's a lump sum. So yes. they just put it in your bank account and you deal with it. Correct. So, so now for it. instance, now Adele was talking about it, about it, and she said to us that her whole lifestyle changed. She had to get somebody in to come and help look after her mom. She also had to get a cab service to take Jeremy to school and bring him home. Now, those are extra costs which are not even factored into the medical cost that we don't think of. And that is why that lump sum needs to be utilized by yourself to make your life more comfortable. And can you, can you get both? So if I've got medical aid... You can have... Can I still yes. get a dread disease cover and yes. can I claim against it? Yes. Okay. That is the point of getting the dread disease because I think most medical aids are very well aware that unless you're on the executive plans, you are going to need extra money, without a doubt. And with your gap cover, gap cover cannot be taken unless you've got a medical aid because they all work together. So you've got your medical aid, then the gap cover comes in because... Gap cover knows medical aid's not going to cover all the costs. Then you as an individual has got the dread disease because you know for a fact that if something happens to you, how much is your life going to change financially, emotionally, physically? So now that all works together. But so now I've got dread disease cover, yes. right? And I'm 101 <laughs> at the end of my life. Right, and I've never claimed against the straight disease cover. What happens to my the policy? Premiums. What happens to my policy? What happens to the premiums? Do I lose all of that? I'm going to be awful again, and I'm going to tell people, and this is the God honest truth if you don't use it, you lose it. It's like short term insurance, the only one that you know is going to benefit anybody is your life cover. Because you die, your beneficiaries get the money. But if you don't use any of the other benefits during that time, you lose it. So, but this is, and this is a serious thing. Sure. Because there's other costs, you know, that come in the unfortunate event that you don't, you, you don't, um, you don't survive it. Correct. You're not that one in five. You yes. don't survive it. And that policy is there. Can my family or dependents or whatever, can they claim against that for the funeral costs? What will happen is that, again, Pums, it's, it's a case of if you don't use it, you lose it. It's like short-term insurance. So you are purchasing something that could happen to you. It's like household insurance. You're really hoping that nobody's going to break into your house, but they could. You're really hoping that you're not going to be in a car accident, but you could. So I'll quickly put a little thought process. When I think when people look at, um, like, because I can see, like, you thinking, well, there you're going to put all that money in and you're going to lose everything. But what people people need to change their mindset because you take you pay three premiums of two hundred rand each. Okay, so that's three months. Three months you are diagnosed with cancer, you get slapped with that bill. They are still going to pay you out however much your cover is. So you were covered for 200000 Only after paying 600 rand, you're going to get 200000 which will assist you in covering. Um, unfortunately, like Michelle says, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. But I think people must also realize you can't use that concept of it will never happen to me. Mm. And it could be. You, after three months, who knows what's going to happen? It's, it's that peace of mind for yourself as an individual and for your family to have that type of cover. So I'm going to put you on the spot and say, Oh dear. <laughs> how, how's then if you don't have a family history, if you don't have any cause for concern, how smart it is, is it then? To put to to get dread disease cover, should you not then rather be looking at other forms of investment and saving? For me, the thing is though that I mean we've looked at the stats, 
And if we look at hereditary, is only 10%. 90% is actually lifestyle and environment that can cause cancer. So we have no control over whether we may or may not get cancer. And that, I think, is where it's that peace of mind thing. So, yes, I agree. But think about people that go and purchase a car and they spend 8,000 rand a month on that vehicle. If you're spending 1,000 rand on life cover, dread disease, accidental death benefit, medical aid, and a gap cover. All right, say say it costs you 2,500 rand. That peace of mind that should something happen is going to be is far, going to far outweigh the actual cost to me personally. I would rather know that I don't have to get my my family to sell a home or a vehicle or our furniture because we actually can't afford to save me because I've got cancer. <coughs> I know it's hard. No, I think uh, Duncan. Can we have a song? <laughs> I think I need I need a song to think about this. Cliffcentral.com Here come the young stepper I'm the lyrical gangster Big up the crew in the area
It's a dope song indeed. It's the hot stepper. But we're talking about rape disease. Ufens is here. Um, and she's, she's auditioning to be part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but Fensa, you were saying, so that's why we faded the song out for no. your... No, I was saying that... Um, can you hear me now? <laughs> no, I was just saying that um, our medical aid brokers actually should be telling us all this stuff. Because when I first got medical aid, I had just started working. And the guy was like, you know, because you just started working, I think it would be easier for you to take the hospital plan. And I took the hospital plan because I was like, okay, this dude knows what he's talking about. But then um, three years down the line, I had a toothache and I had to go (laughs) see a dentist. I know it's not as major as cancer, but they told me my hospital plan didn't cover that. I had to pay for it myself. So that's why I'm saying that, like, they need to tell us exactly what is covered. Don't just go for the cheapest thing. Because I know that's what I went for. Because I was trying to save for a car. I had just gotten my job. I wanted to buy new clothes, you know. So, like, this stuff, this kind of freaks me out a bit is all I'm saying. And, yeah, I was just asking Michelle just why the brokers basically don't tell us all this stuff. Including the toothache thing. Because that's a serious thing. Because brokers want to make a sale. Uh Uh-uh. Brokers want no, to make but, would, but wouldn't they make us? Wouldn't they make a bigger sale? But I think you're so right. Is that again? If a broker does his job properly, it's not a case of throwing it against the wall and hoping it's going to stick. It's a case of sitting down with a client and finding out from that client what they need. That is what it's about. So don't run in, sign a thing, and ten minutes later you're out. Your broker. Your broker should be sitting with you for at least a couple of hours and discussing and explaining. And you need to ask so many questions that he gets sick of you. But, but again, you don't know. you're like 21 and you're going with the cheapest option because you want to buy a car. You just started working. So like they must tell you, but summarize it and put it in layman's terms because those big words, like he would have lost me if he had told me about the That's comprehensive so. dread disease cover. But I suppose that's why we have this conversation because we, we're just talking about Adele telling us about the different changes that happened in her life. I would never in the in my wildest dreams have thought that because I live with a parent or look after a parent, that could come back my way, you know, that as a family you have to come come together and kind of deal with these things. Because even if you didn't live with your mom, Adele, truth be, if she lived on her own, you would have had to move in. Yeah, or she would, would have, have had to move to you. I would but, have had to, yeah. But that change is is like a big change. It's a financial change as well as as a lifestyle change. And and I think what I'm what I'm hearing from you Michelle is the the importance of of understanding what it is that you're looking for. But when you are to Fence's point, when you are 20 years old, when you are 22 and it's your first job, you're kind of thinking the only thing you know about breast cancer like I said, it's like you need a mammogram when you're 40. You know, you need to do like get your boyfriend to help you check for lumps in your breasts. But it's, that's that's what you know. And and to hear there's gap cover, there's dread disease. Your medical aid doesn't cover these things. Some things uncovered by your medical aid is a little bit of a shock to the system. It definitely is, and I think that's where where Adele was also saying during the break is that people need to become more educated on what's going on. But ask the questions because, again, media is giving you more information. There is just so much more information out there that people are able to get. So it's not a case of sitting in a, in a closet and not kind of knowing what the hell's going on. You actually do have an opportunity. And I do understand that you are 21 years old and somebody's bombarding you with this information. But as an individual, ask questions and say to them, but, what about this? What about that? Because those are things running down, sort of at the back of your mind, and you are thinking about that. Ask questions, because that's the only way people are actually going to understand all of this. And so, final thoughts around dread disease and gap cover. Is So you, you get this cover, and how how pliable is it? How much can I change from what I start out with? We spoke about how insurance, your, change, your, your needs change as you grow older. You know, Once I start out with the cover today, I may f- have listened to the show. I feel, oh, I'm going to try something. You know, and you, 
try and you get a cover and five years from now, can you change your mind yes. and, and move it around? You can. So you can either increase it, you can decrease it, you can change it, you can move it, you can do whatever you like with it. It is flexible. Does your cover cover all your dependents? Like, is it? No, are that, you the only the dread disease can, is just for you. You can't add family members no, type thing. No. They would take out their own benefits. Oh, what okay. about kids? So last question. I'm a mother. I've got a six-year-old. Yeah, you know. We I don't ha- know, there are products out there which are children and injury benefits and disease benefits for kids specifically, which covers them from ages two up until the ages of eighteen, until they are actually seen as an as an adult independent. So there are products like that out there which are brilliant for children specific. Yeah, because they get hurt at school. And oh they, yes, you know, fractures, bites, <laughs> poisons. <laughs> Rugby, 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 that kind of stuff. Yeah. Adele, your last comments. You now have I, have I changed your mind? Have I changed your mind that we've sat here now for no? You know what? This is for pre- this. preparing for when it happens, and that that's the whole thing. That's what I was trying to say is, people need to learn to prepare for the every eventuality. I didn't. We thought we would have that money and we would go and buy a new house, and it didn't. So now it has to change. We're going to put up some information, some links on Michelle's True Guide, Facebook and Twitter. I'm going to put up links on mine. And, of course, you can download a podcast of this. Thank you for joining us. Um, I know we're talking about cancer, but I'm looking out the window. That he, when he walked in, the dogs is up next. And when he walked in, he gave us a, he gave us a scare of look. I saw you, uh, jumping into your territory. I saw this. <laughs> but this is us. It's a funny show. You're listening to Amandla. Thank you for joining us. I'm not here next week. Miss me very much, but I'll be here the following week in November as we're counting down to Christmas. Thank you, Duncan. Cheers, you everybody. You were awesome. Bye bye. It's one o'clock.